This is Tanya Lin with the Sistership Circle podcast. From spirituality, sexuality, and sisterhood to business, relationships, contribution, and creativity, the Sistership Circle podcast introduces a new model of feminine leadership where women get real and vulnerable about it all. Tune in for authentic advice that will empower you to be bold, beautiful, and brilliant as your true self. Hello, sisters. It's Tanya Lynn here, the founder of Sistership Circle. And oh, this is a big topic. Dismantle the inner patriarch. So I had a lot of stuff coming up around doing this Facebook Live. Um, it just feels edgy. It feels controversial whenever we're starting to talk about the patriarchy. And before we even started, we had a dialogue going on, um, you know, about uh, what we should call it and, and what, it, you know, uh, calling it the inner patriarch. Um, it's not, you know, the patriarchy isn't always negative. And um, so, yeah, so I just really want to first just call all that out of the uncomfortableness of actually even having this conversation. And if you are joining me, please go ahead and say hi and, and where you're from, because I love to see who's here with me. And we're going to dive in. And I want to start with what is the patriarchy? And I found something that I would love to read to you, because I think it's really powerful. And so um, Starhawk, and I found this at uh, starhawk.org slash activism, which she says, why we need women's actions and feminist voices for peace. She says that the patriarchy is the constellation of values, ideas, and beliefs that reinforces male control over women. And then she goes on to say that no set of qualities is innately or exclusively male or female. Men can be compassionate, loving, and kind, as women can be tough, brave, or callous. But patriarchy assigns the qualities associated with aggression and competition to men and relegates to women the devalued roles of nurturing and service. Patriarchy values the hard over the soft, the tough over the tender, punishment, vengeance, and um, vindictiveness over compassion, negotiation, and reconciliation. And the hard qualities are identified with power, success, and masculinity, and exalted. And the soft qualities are identified with weakness, powerless, and femininity, and denigrated. If I said that right. So I wanted to read that because um, this kind of gives us a context of the, the, a context for this conversation that we're going to have today. And I really thank you everyone who's joining live. And hello, I'm I'm just seeing everyone typing in lots of lots of Canadians today. Cool. Um, so I, this context is really important for us to establish, like, what is this patriarchy? Like, what is this thing that we're talking about? And then identifying, actually, what is this thing of the inner patriarch? And I think this piece is, is important here for us to really get that um, it's a system. The patriarchy is a system that has values and ideas and beliefs. That's all it is. So, you know, it's not about us blaming them. There's not a they out there that's separate from us, right? And it's not even really that men 
are the ones who benefit from the patriarchy and women are the ones who don't benefit from the patriarchy because men are also very much affected by the system that we're in. So I just really want to preface that piece of this is not about all men are bad. There are men who are actually victims just as much as women of the patriarchy. And I want us to get out of this conversation of that there's any victims of this, right? And so that we can use this conversation as a way of us women stepping into our power. And not only our individual power, but our collective power and rising up. And really, this conversation is about bringing back and restoring a balance and a harmony. So the opposite of patriarchy is not matriarchy. I want to make that piece very clear. Jean Shinoda Bolin says this, that the opposite of patriarchy is equality. And I would go even further to say harmony. So harmony is our relationship with one another and with the earth. Equality is really just our relationship between men and women or people, right? But harmony is taking into account all living beings, all living things, the earth, our animals, our, um, our trees, our people, right? It's, it's the harmony, it's the balance of all of it. It's, it's valuing it all. It's valuing life itself. And in the system of patriarchy, we're not actually being taught to value life itself. We're not being taught to value the earth and to value one another as equals. And so really, this is about shifting and creating a new system in which we can live in together. And it's really important for us to get as women that we are upholding the patriarchy. We are responsible. It is not of them outside of us. We are responsible. So we're not the victims. We are the perpetrators. And if you look at the drama triangle of victim, perpetrator, and martyr, we switch and we go back and forth into all three of these roles. And so can we actually just get rid of the triangle altogether and replace it with a circle? And that's why I'm so committed to sistership circle and the concept of sisterhood and feminine leadership because circle is our vehicle it is our access point to equality and harmony. It is actually the vehicle away from patriarchy to shift the system, which ultimately means that we have to shift the script, which I'm calling in this Facebook Live the inner patriarch. The inner patriarch is, again, that the values, ideas, and beliefs that we have bought into, that we have inherited, that have been ingrained into us as the truth when they're actually not the truth. The truth is love, peace, harmony, equality. The illusion is this patriarchy, these, this set of beliefs that we have bought into. And by us buying into and continuing to perpetuate these beliefs in the world, we are upholding the system. So really, women, it is up to us to shift the script and to see the part that we play in upholding the structure. And so I identified a, a few, there were 12 that immediately came to me. Literally, I was in the middle of doing something and then I literally was like, 
oh my God, this is just like coming through me. It was a stream of consciousness and I wrote down these 12 things. And I was like, whoa, where did that just come from? I'm not even kidding. I was doing something completely else. Uh, got out a Google Doc and just wrote down these 12 things. And so I want to share with them with you today and ask you to play this game of looking at each one of them and how they're showing up for you. So, um, ooh, I just saw the chat and I saw, thank you, Patricia, our animals, our trees. Yeah, it's not. They're not ours. <laughs> Very good distinction. So, um, and Bunny just wrote, thank you, feminine leadership or female leadership. And I want to make that distinction for you right now of why I say feminine leadership. For me, feminine leadership is actually the integration of masculine and feminine. And I use the word feminine, though, because it's a balancing, it's a bringing back and a remembering of our feminine power and what it means to be in our feminine essence as women. That's what I mean by that. So um, that femininity is not wrong. Um, that And what are those qualities that perhaps we have shied away from in leadership in the old model, right, of, of patriarchy? So our intuition, our lady parts, um, our ability to connect, collaboration. So all those are part of this feminine leadership. So just to make that distinction there. Um, it's like there's no word yet to actually describe what I mean. So I, I use feminine leadership, integrated leadership, embodied leadership. Those might be, but I think those actually go into feminine leadership. So that's why I use that term. Okay. So a um, couple things that I want to share before we get into these 12 pieces of the inner patriarch and these things that the inner patriarch keeps saying to us incessantly in our head is that um, if you've read, if you have not read this book, I highly recommend it. The Heroine's Journey, Women's Quest for Wholeness by Maureen Murdoch. And I had the opportunity of actually meeting Maureen in her home up in Santa Barbara. Phenomenal. Um, she's one of the foremothers of this, this work that we do today with circles. She took the hero's journey and said, this does not apply for women. There's a different journey that us as women take. And actually, when we get to the top of the hero's journey, we're kind of left at this like drop-off point. And this is not the end of our journey. So read that book if you have not. But basically what she said in this was, for the last 500, sorry, for the last 5,000 years, culture has been largely defined by men who have had a production-oriented power over dominating approach to life respect for life and for the limits and cycles of nature and her children has not been a priority so that's more of what we're talking about with how do we shift that right like how do we shift from being production oriented which is all about working hard power over which is all about dominant you know this domination creating victims pushing people down this one percent versus the 99 percent right how do we shift that? It starts with us of going within and looking at these beliefs that we have bought into and how they're running the show. So um, 
one of the pieces here is that we are starting to see, and it was amazing when you saw how many women are running for president. But if these women are continuing to act from the patriarchal operating system, and they are continuing to uphold that structure, nothing's going to change. It doesn't matter if a man or a woman is in office, right? If these women are continuing to act like men and to uphold the patriarchy and these ideals of production, power over, domination, all those things, if they're going to continue to keep the, the war cycle going, right? Are we really making a change? If they're going to continue to take this money from corporations, are we really going to make a change? No. So it's up for us as women to shift our mindset and to create a whole new way of thinking and relating to each other and to the world. And so where this, where this came from of this, it was, I was just so flabbergasted when we had Sistership Circle Day, where at Sistership Circle, we were asking our facilitators to come together. And I kept hearing from women saying, I want to do my own thing. I don't want to do it Tanya's way. And I was like, what the heck is that? Right? Because first of all, it's not my thing. It's not my way. Um, yes, I may be in the position of leadership, but uh, it's all a co-creation on the back end. So it got me thinking, like, well, what, this is, this is all those, that patriarchal mindset. And when are we as women going to get that we should not be doing this by ourselves, that we need to heal our sister wounds and our mother wounds, and that we need to come into greater collaboration and co-creation if we really want to make a difference in the world. Even if we're leading circles, if we are all separately doing it, we're just perpetuating the old model. So with that said, Bunny, we don't shift it by incorporating patriarchy. However, we've all grown up in that system and how are women to break into um, our patriarchal politics except for playing on their field? Okay, so yeah, um, it's that we start, We've yes, we have all grown up in this system, right? And that's why it's ingrained as a mindset as a, a belief system that we have bought into. And the way out is to start to say, I'm not buying into this belief. I'm just not buying into it anymore, right? And so I get what you're saying too, of if a woman comes into politics, how can she make a change in a system that's already existent, right? Where she might be the only one. I believe that when we shift our consciousness, when we shift our beliefs, we then start to create a clearing for new beliefs and a new mindset around us. So this is kind of, um, this is a new concept for many women, right? And what I learned is that it's how we listen to people, right? So 
If I'm listening to you as stupid, and I'm constantly then because my belief is that you're stupid and I'm continuing to think that you're stupid and I'm continue and like, so my whole interaction with you is that you're stupid. Chances are you're probably going to do some stupid things, right? Or you're going to, I'm going to continue to have evidence of you being stupid. Now, if I start to think of you as absolutely brilliant, and so now all of my interactions with you are that you're brilliant and that how I'm talking to you and what I, you know, it, it, it's completely changing and I'm celebrating you, most likely you're going to rise up into that brilliance, right? So that's how this works. Our thoughts become our words, become our actions. Our actions then change the world. Yes, it takes bravery. Yes, it takes courage. But it starts from within. World peace starts with inner peace. A new system, of a new belief starts from within us. And the more that we don't buy into those beliefs, the more than we can change the system. Lema Gaboi, perfect example, right? She, um, if you don't know of her, another incredible woman who you should know. She has a powerful book around sisterhood, um, Mighty Be Thy Power powers. Uh, she got the Nobel Peace Prize for stopping the war in Liberia. What did she do? She said, I'm not buying into this. You men are going to war. You're perpetuating this war and I'm not buying into it anymore. She rallied her sisters. They started protesting. They marched into the Capitol building. They sat down with the heads of government and they threatened to bare their breasts, which is the biggest insult in their culture. And basically said, we're not leaving until you demand, we're demanding peace. We're not leaving until you create a peace agreement. That was it. They were like, we're not buying into the system anymore. We're not buying into the structure that you've created. We are not, we are a stand and we are done. Because they no longer believed in it anymore, right? And then they took action and they took that stand. That's how we can change politics is by women doing that work. And then stepping into those leaders of position, those positions of leadership with the new beliefs, with the new mindset and saying, this is what I'm creating. This is what I'm bringing forth and just not playing the game anymore. That's how we shift it. We just say, we're not playing the game anymore. So, okay. <laughs> There's so much going on in the chat box that I, I'm just going to do the, the 12 um, pieces here. Okay. So. <sighs> this is not about bashing men and um, that men need to do their work too. But I'm speaking to women because that's what Sistership Circle is all about. We are a space for women to do their work, that we do our part. And that's the space that we're holding here. So, and, and again, that's more of if we're going to be saying, well, men need to do their work. We have to start that. It starts from within. I say this all the time about my husband. Oh, he needs to change. Oh, he needs to do this. Oh, he needs to be more responsible. Oh, he needs to do his healing work, right? And all this. And then I'm like, wait a second. That's all part of the old system. I'm going to be responsible. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to be the model. And when he's ready, he can choose to do his. And I'm just not going to worry about him anymore. Now, 
what I found is when I have that, where that's a hundred percent responsibility of I'm going to be the change and I'm going to be the model. He, with such ease and grace, he steps up. He says the most magnificent things of the insights he had or the thing he's going to, you know, I'm going to go do my men's club or whatever he's going to do, right? It's just incredible how me modeling and me taking the focus off of what he needs to do and just focusing on myself, how he shows up and actually starts to do it. So that is the way that we pave the, that's how we pave the way for our brothers, for the men, is that we do the work and we model it and we show them what it looks like. And we show up in our full feminine power, which is just so magnetic. You know, we're like the flower and the bee just comes when we open up our and we blossom, right? Then the men are just like, ah, oh, I want that, right? And then it's, it's amazing what happens when men are just intoxicated by our feminine power. <laughs> okay, here we go. So, number one. Now, how I've structured this are the beliefs and the thing that you heard, the admonition to admonish is to scold, right? So these are the things that you were taught as a small child, either from mom or dad. Because again, this is not about, the patriarchy is not just about men. Our mothers have been also raised in the patriarchy. So these are the things that I feel are the things that really shut us as women down from being in our full feminine power, from fully stepping into our feminine leadership and coming together as a collective in sisterhood to make an impact together. The together is critical to this, to create that new model of equality and harmony in the world. We must free ourselves. We must liberate ourselves from this set of beliefs that we learned so that we can be in our full glory and our full brilliance as women. Okay. So number one, be quiet. We have been silenced. We have been told, don't speak the truth. Don't speak up. Good girls need to keep their mouths shut or don't be seen and don't be heard as a child, right? But basically, all the times that we were told that our voices don't matter, constantly told to just be quiet, right? It's just, it, it, think about it. Think of how many times you were told to be quiet. I mean, how many times I shush my own daughters and I'm like, oh my God, or telling them that, you know, don't, don't yell or don't, don't cry or what, all of that. We have been told as little girls, that our voices do not matter. Because in the patriarchy, we need to just be quiet and pretty in the corner, right? But that's not going to cut it anymore. We need to speak up. We need to speak our truth. And in the past, with the witch brains and everything else, it was not safe for us to speak up. But this is a belief system that we have now inherited and we have bought into. And the only way through it is to start speaking up. It takes courage. It takes bravery. And no matter how unsafe it may feel, we have to start speaking up. 
Number two, pretty girls don't cry. Do you know that a woman said this to my daughter in the middle of the street? So we were, um, we were riding bikes down at Mission Bay and we were crossing the crosswalk and she's like stopped and she started screaming and crying and having this tantrum in the middle of the street. And I was like, oh my God, really? And this woman comes by and what did she say? Pretty girls don't cry. And I was shocked that this woman said this to my daughter. It was, but this is the belief. You are going to be ugly with that mascara running down your face, with that snot coming out of your nose, with your mouth downturned, right? Pretty girls don't cry. And so we've stuffed down our emotions. We've stuffed down our rage. And we feel overwhelmed by it because we haven't had an outlet, a safe outlet in order to express all of those emotions that we feel. But we must allow ourselves to feel and we must stop apologizing for our tears. I don't know how many times in circle we have a woman start crying and immediately apologizing for herself. Oh my God, I'm so sorry I'm getting emotional. There's no, re there's no reason, there's no need for you to apologize for your tears. Your tears are natural allow them to flow. Number three. Oh, this is a big one. You need a man to save you. That knight in shining armor, he's going to come by on his white horse and whisk you off to the castle. You need a man to save you because sister, you don't have what it takes. You can't make it in this world by yourself. And so what is this played out as? At one point, not so long ago, women needed a man for everything. Couldn't buy property, couldn't vote, couldn't do anything. Confined to the home, essentially. So there's this myth that, just like Eve needed Adam, that we need men and they need to save us and we're damsels in distress, especially because we're just so emotional right? And this is a subtle one because even when perhaps we've uh, become independent, and I'll, I'll speak for myself because I wanted to prove this one wrong, right? I was going to do it by myself and I was going to be independent. And yet, even as independent as I was and as much work as I was doing around myself, I found myself in my marriage wanting my husband to step up and save me. I still want him to save me sometimes with my children, right? Because he's the stoic, strong one. He can handle these situations that feel so overwhelming. But the truth of the matter is that we do not need a man to save us. We need a man to partner with. We need a man to um, to love us, but we don't need a man to save us. Why? Because there's nothing to fix and there's nothing wrong with us. And inherently, we've been taught that there is something wrong with you as a woman. And this is so deep. This one is so deep in our culture. 
that even with all the feminist work of the 60s, 70s, even before that, and as liberated as we may feel as women in the West, we are still looking for a man to save us. And really, all it is is looking deeper and when looking at, like, what, you know, where is this coming from? And watching your mother, perhaps wanting to be saved by your father or being saved by your father, right? Number four, and um, put your earplugs on, or your earphones on, your earbuds on if you're listening in front of any children, because I'm going to say some bad words, some profanity. Um, but this one, I have to say it this way women are bitches. We have learned from the patriarchy, and this is what we say about other women. Women are bitches. And this is at the core of the sister wound that keeps us separate. And it is what keeps so many women away from coming to circle. Because they have experienced a lot of bitches growing up. I know I have, right? And I know this is a big one for me. This is why I got into this work, because I was so ingrained in this belief that women are bad. They're bitches. They're terrible. They're catty. They're, they're like cats fighting all the time. We have bought into this one big time. And it is not true. Like we, All we need to do with these is identify that no matter how much evidence that we've had, it is not the truth. These are beliefs that we have been bought into. And the only way for us to heal the sister wound is to forgive, to have compassion, and to know that women are doing the best they can, and they are not bitches. You are not a bitch. No matter how much you rage, no matter how angry you are, you are not a bitch. The next one goes along with this one. Number five, your pussy is dirty. We've been taught that there is something wrong with our lady parts and that we should disown them. And that this blood that comes out of our pussies is gross and it's dirty and it should be plugged up and stuffed up. It's, it's sad. It's really sad that we have bought into this belief to keep our blood away by using birth control to not even have a period of thinking that our periods are there's something wrong with them and that we can't wait to get away from them versus what if we just rest and go to the red tent which is why we do circle rest and go to the red tent during your period and get and honor this part of yourself and get that there's nothing wrong with having a period. It's what makes you a woman. And even when we stop bleeding, we still have this disconnect with our pussies. And it is time that we reclaim our pussies by, first of all, just saying that word, as Mommy G Mama Gina says in her book, A, a Pussy, A Reclamation. That we need to really see all of our femaleness as sacred. And it is not dirty. It is an honor to have these lady parts. 
Next one. You are crazy. And I hear this all the time from women in circle, the women around me, who literally think that they are crazy. So we, if you're crazy, you should keep it all under control. I have my husband relate to me a lot of the times as crazy, especially when I am approaching my period. And he just writes me off as crazy. And I've, and sometimes I'm like, maybe he's right. And so now I'm actually having to do that work around myself of I'm not crazy. And there's nothing wrong with me. And there's nothing wrong with you. We just have a different cycle than men. Men with testosterone are always going like that, right? They're even keel. Us with our monthly moon cycle, we're like this or like this, right? Up and down, up and down. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the patriarchy has us believe that there is something wrong because it's not like the masculine way of going through the world with just testosterone, right? So to honor those highs and lows, to ride the high and then rest in the low, right? To understand that that full moon of the ovulation is our time to be in celebration and just exalt the, oh, the, the feminine priestess high visionary that we are and then to curl up during the new moon or when we're bleeding and rest and take care of ourselves and there's nothing wrong with that. Next one, suck it up and push through. I hear this all the time growing up. Just suck it up, Tanya. Suck it up, right? And push through. Just push through. Just keep going. Just push through. And this is really based on the hero's journey of just keep pushing through and defeat all the dragons that you come across. And eventually you will make it to the top of the mountain. But when we get to the top of the mountain, then what? And as women, we are not designed to be constantly pushing through. And we are not designed to be sucking it up. Our blood is literally a release and we need to be releasing. Allow these tears to release. Next one. You can't be smart and beautiful. You can only be one or the other. And so we're, I remember growing up constantly this, well, I want to be smart because I don't want to just be pretty, right? And so there's this piece of us that's constantly dimming our light. And as Cheryl Sandberg says, like the sitting in the back of the room versus leaning in. Because we feel like either we're not smart enough or we're not pretty enough, that there's something inherently wrong with us and that we can't have it all. And if we do, we definitely need to dim our light. Next one, be perfect. And specifically, I'm going to say that all we hear all the time is tits and ass. Tits and ass. Be perfect. And so with the perfect comes the old is gross and you better look perfect, which means you better have the perfect body with the perfect size boobs and the perfect butt. And that's what men are going to look at. And that's all that really matters. And so this objectification of women and our bodies 
as simply tips and asks. And so how much does that play out in the body shame and the shrinking back and not allowing ourselves to get visible as women? This is what holds us back as women stepping into leadership is that we are afraid that we don't have the perfect tits and ass in order to be on camera, to be seen, to become visible with our message out there in the world. And so we've really got to let this one go. The next one is prove yourself, which essentially is this lone wolf, rugged individualism, self-made millionaire bullshit, not true, that you have to go and prove yourself and you got to do it by yourself. Prove yourself by yourself. And this is so ingrained that we are so afraid of sharing our ideas in case someone else is going to take it. We are in constant competition and we do not really truly know how to collaborate and co-create with each other because we're, we're all ego trying to prove ourselves, trying to prove that we're worthy. And I see this rampant in circles in feminine leadership today that we want to be seen as someone who could make it because that is what is valued in the patriarchal society or system is that you've got to prove yourself and you've got to make it. And again, this always about the getting somewhere, the, what did I call it? Um, the production oriented society, right? And so if we're constantly proving ourselves, how can we trust? How can we trust? We don't. And why is this that we are constantly trying to prove ourselves? We're trying to prove ourselves because we have bought into this idea that we have to be doing, right? That to just be is not enough. And so ultimately, we have to be showing the world that we are a contribution, that our place in this world matters, and that unless we are doing, we don't exist. This was a big one for me, huge. And I was constantly doing everything that I could to prove myself worthy of living on this planet. And when I finally let go of this major belief, one of the biggest ones for me, and got that I can do nothing and I can just be and I still exist and I still matter, oh, that's our true self-worth. But if we are constantly trying to prove ourselves, and I see this with women who are wanting to start their own circle businesses, and it's like, why? When you have sistership circle, you have this organization that can get behind you and you don't have to do all that other crap that's on the back end. Why do you have to create your own business when most businesses fail anyway, right? Because of all that behind the scenes that you have to do because they have to prove themselves. Next one, the guru at the top knows all the answers which is more of prove yourself, but this idea that there is this guru 
there's this person who we need to put on a pedestal. And so we put anyone who has success or more success than us on a pedestal. We put movie stars on a pedestal, right? Because they're glamorous and they're making money and they're, you know, oh, they're famous, right? Or we put all of our thoughts into this guru who we're following and he's got all the answers and who am I? And this is based on this belief in the patriarchy that God is outside of ourselves. And so if God is outside of ourselves, we don't have the power within ourselves, right? And so we are constantly trying to make sure that we feel like we're worthy of, of God's attention or whatever it is. I mean, it's, this is so big and we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust our intuition. And we are constantly giving our power away. And this is where we are not sovereign because we believe that the answers are outside of us and that everyone else might know more than us. And so therefore we need to put this person on a pedestal because they're a coach or they're a guru or they're famous. And so they have all the answers and I need to be like them versus what would it look like if we started to get that we have all the answers within ourselves. And that there is no guru outside of ourselves. Let's stop putting the gurus on a pedestal. It's the end of the guru. And this leads me to the last one, that God will punish you. This is especially in the Christian belief of there's this God outside of you. And if you don't do what he tells you to do, then you're going to be punished. And you're going to go to hell. What the hell is that all about? That we're going to go to hell? If we don't do what God tells us to do, as if this power is again outside of ourselves. So we're constantly giving our power away and in fear of being punished and being sent to hell. So we need to be good little girls who are doing everything right and perfect just to make sure that we get our access to heaven. What if instead we believe that the goddess is within us? What if we believe that we have the goddess within us who has all the answers and therefore we are sovereign within ourselves and we don't need anyone to tell us what to do. So the goddess, I love this, Starhawk says in her book, the goddess does not rule the world. She is the world manifest in each of us. She could be known internally by every individual in all her magnificent diversity. She does not legitimize the rule of either sex by the other and lends no authority to rulers of temporal hierarchies. This is why we honor and accept the goddess. This is why the divine feminine is rising because we are studying to recognize the goddess within ourselves and within each other. And this is critical to healing the sisterhood wound because if the goddess resides within me and she resides within you and you are a mirror of me now in all of my divinity and all of my sacredness then I should be treating you as such as sacred as someone to honor and celebrate even 
when you make mistakes, no matter how imperfect you are. This is it. So, that's it. That's what I've got. I, I came up with a fourth one, or a thirteenth one, work hard, right? Which kind of goes with the prove yourself. Um, but yeah, we're, we're taught that in order for you to make it, which again goes with the prove yourself, you got to work hard. And that's not really the feminine way. Yeah, we do need to work hard sometimes, but we also need to rest. And we should be resting. We should be going to the red tent together to rest together, to connect and be in that soft place together. So thank you, sisters, for being here. Whoa, we've got a lot of comments here. <laughs> thank you. I'll have to read them after this broadcast and go back and interact and keep this conversation going. Um, so if you have not heard about our big live event in March, Feminine Uprising Live, it's the weekend of the 23rd of March, um, I am bringing this conversation to our event. And each year we've had a theme. The first year's theme was around worthiness, like being worthy. And last year's theme was all around um, the pussy. And this year is around dismantling that inner patriarch. So we're going to be diving into some of these pieces that we um, explored today. So if you are interested in joining us for this live event, which is by far the best thing that we do all year, it only comes once a year and it's in beautiful San Diego on a boat. I mean, epic, absolutely epic. Everyone who uh, attended just loved it. Most women are coming back. We've still got some seats left and come join us. So that's at sistershipcircle.com slash feminine dash uprising dash live. Thank you much, so much, sister. Um, all of you, all these sisters, incredible to have you on with me today. And I look forward to more of these fiery, passionate talks um, in the future. So I'll see you next time.